Who are you? The boss sent me. I'm your handler. We're gonna be with you the whole trip. Look, uh... Where, where are the boys? Where are the, the fellas? Hey, 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 never mind the fellas. I'm chilling. <laughs> There's literally no... Had your walk, time to chill. Yeah, there's literally no reason not to wear pajamas. Like, I don't know, my hair is probably the longest it's been in ages, and I've had some pretty long hair in the last few years. Like, you filthy hippie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it is kind of... I do believe in the hippie thing. I still think having really long hair is a rebellious thing. Anyway. Yeah. I got a ponytail in right now. Oh, nice, man. Nice. Unfortunately, my camera isn't working, or I'd show you. Well, you, you've had all different styles, because you have the shaved head, now you've got the ponytail. <laughs> what next? That bipolar life, yo. <laughs> um, oh, man. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm so late, guys. I'm sorry. It's all right. Weed's got to be smoked, you know? It Walks really has. <laughs> I've just added you up to my contacts, Jack, and I'm going to call you Jack Frane Reed, brackets, milk fiend. <laughs> Right, so I guess we better talk the mule because God knows we haven't we haven't got too much time, judging by what Tom was saying. Yeah, I got to speak to my nan in Oz, make sure she's all good Aust on Zoom. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. She lives in she yeah she lives in Oz, but she's actually a Kiwi. She's uh, she's a New Zealander. What a traitor! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you leave a lovely country like uh, New Zealand that has a you know? You know, a somewhat decent social democratic prime minister to a fucking yeah. right wing hellhole like Australia. But, you know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It's like why all old people move to Florida, I guess. Well, I, but I mean, she she studies the Aborigines, though, doesn't she? And it's not a thing of like yes. studying. Oh, nice. how, yeah, me and Tom we talked about this before, and I was like, is it like she studies how to oppress them? But actually, that's not. It's, it's just like the history and so on. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's a comrade. She's a proper comrade. Hey. I remember having a conversation with her not too long ago before she discovered Zoom and insisted we have to start using Zoom now. Uh, she was like, you know what? We kind of need a Marxist revolution. I was like, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> very good. We kind of do. They definitely do in Australia, that's for sure. A, a Maori um, left nationalist revolution. Not Maori, yes. sorry. Aboriginal. Aboriginal, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maoris can that's do it as well. That's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, just to fucking stop them. It's like, what's her name? Jacinda Ardern. She's not that good. Like, she, like, yeah, just she's in, them, in coalition really, yeah. with, like, a right wing anti immigration party. So, you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay, so should we get down to business and talk about the fucking mule? Serious the, business. The yes. motherfucking mule. Hey, Tom, as a gift to our, uh, you know, a treat for our listeners, why don't you introduce the show? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I'd love to. Oh, shit. Oh, sh I don't want to share my screen. What the fuck? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to see. I don't want you to see which porn I've been the watching. Sick <laughs> which porn Game you're watching porn. while recording? Just, just, the, just the gaping milk yeah, coming out yeah, of every orifice. Yeah. Is my camera still working? Is it? It is. Yeah. I yeah. See, I can I, see I, you. I, I can see you as well. Were you, you poor souls? Were you on? Uh, were you on camera before I? Were you on cam before I came on? I was. I yeah. I just. I just yeah, just started the started the camera. Just uh, uh, give you I, uh, something Tom's to look at. Tom's been treating me with his lovely face. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look, I'm, imagine I'm putting my arm around one of you right now, just like. Sup, <laughs> bro? Exactly. There we are, bros. Anyway, you've you've got a, you've got an interesting effect around you. We will get around to talk about the mule, and I will introduce the show. But you've got a very interesting blurred look around your. <laughs> is it like an effect? Like you're in focus, your face, and everything around you is like. Is, is that just? Is that the? It's, the it's weed? Just, is, that, is that weed it's, vision? It's my <laughs> heavenly glow. You know, <laughs> some of us are just blessed by the Lord. You know, what can I say? <laughs> I'm a saint. <laughs> God bless Christianity, Trump 2020. <laughs> Christianity, <laughs> the position, Ju- Judaism the position that as well. This year. You know, it's cool to be a messianic <laughs> yes. Jew. Just you know, for Judaism and the Christ, like it's all there. Like Bob Dylan, he's a messianic Jew. <laughs> That's I read. I read. Um, I read a Dylan biography recently, and they called him. And they they said he was a messianic Jew. They went into a bit about, about how he reconciles staying like involved in these two religions throughout like the last how many decades. Yeah, but... that that is a whole thing. I remember when I was like twelve. Testing, testing. They gave us a sermon in synagogue warning us about Christian Jews, trying to convince <laughs> us that we could be Christians and Jews at the same time. <laughs> Don't like, listen no, to these no, charlatans. <laughs> it's just like Bob Dylan hanging outside the fucking. Uh, <laughs> What is it like? Jew- Jewish Jewish schools, like whatever. Um, Jewish yeshiva or whatever. School. I don't know. And then just like Bob Dylan hanging outside the Hebrew school or whatever, just like hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, you can be a Jew and you know love Jesus, man, yeah, Lord and Savior. Don't mean you know you're not no Jew, you know. I I was watching like you know those like those dad shows you get on like Discovery Channel where it's like car renovation shows <laughs> yeah. uh, they do shows set in like porn shops oh porn stars that show porn stars yeah. <laughs> and i was watching it one day with my old man i come home from work i sat down with him like come on i'll come i'll come watch your dad tv with you dad and somehow for some reason bob dylan showed up in an episode yeah um, <laughs> what's the context what, uh, for it again like he's just isn't he like there's a there's a there's one of his albums, his signed albums, I think, or one of his rare like vinyl pressings of one of his albums was brought into the shop. Oh yeah, and they know he's I'm, he's in town for a show, isn't he? Because he's always in town for a show, apart from right yeah. now <laughs> when he's been forced to actually release new music because he can't tour. <laughs> and I think obviously yeah he was he was obviously in Vegas at the time. And they were just like, oh, Bob, do you want to just, like, should we just stage this thing where we bump into you on the street and you just, like, sign this record and stuff? He's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'd rather, like, he'd rather take, he'd, he'd rather appear in, like, Bob's very interesting in terms of how he chooses his appearances in, in, in media, I think. He's very uh, uh, <laughs> fascinating. Hey, Mr. Dylan. Uh-huh. How you doing? Okay. I was wondering if I could uh, trouble you for a signature here. This is your album, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I see that. Oh. I don't have a pen. Well, I brought one with me. Oh. <laughs> oh. How did you find me here? I knew you were doing a show, and I just figured I'd walk around until I found you. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a, that's I got lucky. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Oh. Anything else you want me to say? You just make it out to Chumley, whatever you want to do. Okay. It's really mean a lot to my boss. Okay. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Dylan. Uh, good luck to you. All right. All right. Man, you know what I'm gonna watch tonight? It's gonna I'm gonna actually pay money for this. It's like <laughs> shit, 1980s Bob Dylan. Basically, I think it's just like a Star Is Born kind of rip off, but Bob Dylan's <laughs> in it, uh, and it's meant to be absolute shit. And I've heard some of his music really? for it, and it's like it's all right. It's not that good. It's really 80s. But like, yeah, I'm totally gonna pay money to watch that. I'll probably pay for it twice so I can watch it on two different devices. You know, I don't know passwords, man. It's just whatever account is signed into the uh, anyway but yeah <laughs> I, i'm totally gonna watch that also i watched last night fuck what's this film called but it's so good uh it's like this uh, I, i'll try and explain it really quickly because i know we get we're running out of time to talk Mule. Nah, that's all right but me and richard miller were talking about it earlier uh, uh, earlier i don't know uh, <laughs> uh, kind hearts and coronets it's it's from 1949 and it's this British film where this guy he's the son of this woman who she was like uh, the heir to um, and a big aristocratic family but she uh, you know she was one of the people in line to the to this uh, dukedom duchess duchy ship whatever and um, anyway um, <laughs> like she married some Italian it was in the book it's based on it was a Jew but it was after World War 2 and uh, the book is apparently like pretty anti-semitic so they were like let's make it an Italian and um, <laughs> yeah so she marries an Italian and gets disowned by her family and then her son after she dies she's totally like parred off by the family like they don't even allow her to be buried in the family plot her son is nice. like <laughs> He's just tired of all the indignities of having to live this like life as you know a modest life and getting rejected by the woman he loves because like he's not of honourable enough stock and so he basically decides to like murder every single other person in line to this dukedom or fucking whatever <laughs> so he just progressively goes through and kills all of like this wealthy family uh, almost <laughs> all of whom by the way are played by Alec Guinness Alec Guinness plays nine characters <laughs> oh the lady what? killers it's, it sounds like—is it the lady? No, it's not no, the lady killers. It, he's in the—he's in the, he's in the Ealing, original version of the lady it's killers. It's an Ealing though, comedy, it? I think. It's a very dark comedy though, but it's hilarious, yeah. man. Uh, it's so funny. Okay. Kind hearts and coronets. Because that's an Ealing film as well, isn't it? The Lady Killers, and it's also it got is, Alec yeah. Guinness in, where him and a group of con artists attempt to murder this this woman who's got a heritage or something. But that's obviously not yes. the film you're talking about. Yes, but it's remade the same by kind the of... Coen Brothers with the hated Tom Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> one of their lesser films, right? Oh, I've seen the. I remake. think their worst yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, like, why well, you are you sad that COVID didn't take Tom? <laughs> ooh, um, are you just? I yes, you got ooh. As if, as <laughs> yeah, if we, we had our anti-Tom take, didn't we? Yeah, we went really. <laughs> yeah, Tom we Foster, recorded. you mean? Yeah, we went really hard on that guy. He's an asshole. No, no, Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, yeah, we absolutely rinsed him. To be fair, because like I was ripping on him and. Right and Yair were like, oh, I don't know about this. And then I and then, <laughs> then Yair looked it up and he'd endorsed Joe Biden and we were all like, yeah, fuck Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got his wish then. Well, yeah. Creep, creepy Joe is uh, the Democratic nominee. Yeah. And, uh, wow, what a choice <laughs> for the American people. Oh. You get to choose between two men who I'm... have accusations levelled against them. Exactly. Uh, so what a choice for the I'm American really, people. I'm really, really hoping that I have some reason to vote, but so far it's not looking likely. 
No, no. I <laughs> mean, that, honest, that's why me and Tom you, right now, we're touching our faces to give ourselves coronavirus. Because it's just, the, <laughs> I, the idea is just like, you know, it's just, there's no hope left anymore. I, I yeah. want to be killed. I want Corbin's to be killed gone, by... Bernie's gone. Yeah. I, I want to be seen off by a horrible lung infection. <laughs> and <laughs> another couple of years. Well, I heard a news story about a guy in New York who, like, ran at the cops with an unloaded gun because he tested positive for coronavirus oh, and man. wanted to get killed by cops oh, instead. God. <laughs> I thought you were going to start that by saying he ran at the cops with a gun because, because you said because, and then I thought you were going to say because America. Wow. Because that's yeah. the, the, the standard <laughs> thing in America, to just charge at people with weapons. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, well, have you seen all the protests in Michigan against social distancing where people are just hanging out on the steps of the Capitol building with armed rifles and Confederate flags, like, oh. right next to each other? I'm just really hoping they all just kill each other with this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just literally, like, they're all just out there dying. <laughs> like, one by one, them just dropping. Coronavirus isn't real! <clears throat> Until fi finally, like, the Confederate flag falls. <laughs> once and for all <laughs> there's just the last one left like, ah. <laughs> COVID uh, killed the confederacy right a confederacy mule should I get this show on the road shall I yes yeah. I want to talk Please. about the fucking mule I totally I so want to I love this film I so want to talk about it that's good because I, think, I have a feeling we all like the film a lot <laughs> <laughs> so this is just going to be one big Clint beat off basically this is just oh. just, just gushing over Clint anyway yeah um, you got you, here, yeah sorry I, I, I'll, I'll <clears throat> save my joke <laughs> opposing the government and opposing the conservatives I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control they want to uh, sideline the moderate again. voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised just about can't that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. We know who the hard left is within, within, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, right, yeah. right wing. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. That's Hard left wing Welcome to the Real Politic Podcast. Thank you for joining us today, and we're going to talk about a man that we can't stop giving praise to, even though he's got questionable views in politics. His name is Clint <laughs> Eastwood. Reed. Exactly. Yeah. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. With the most questionable man on the left, Jack Frame. Yes, I'm joined, of course, by Jack Frame Reed, the ever constant fixture, Jack Frame Reed, and of course, Yaya Rice. Reporting Hello. live from the United States, 
a country that is supposedly dealing with the coronavirus very well and is going to be going back into business within a few weeks, according to their president. Uh, so g- good luck with days. that. Days. It's um, peachy. It's perfect. <laughs> I think I love it when he was like, I think it'll be great if in 19 days time we open. His, his plan was to get the country open again by Easter so people yeah. could congregate in churches <laughs> and celebrate Easter supposedly in luckily someone somewhere in his staff was able to talk him out of that but I do feel that he's going to try and push through reopening the country again at a date that's probably too soon to uh, do so but speaking of Trump Clint has come out and said that he is not going to vote for Trump and that he thinks he's a moron and has said he? he's going to yeah well, he, he came out and said that he wouldn't be voting for Trump I think he's going to well, vote this Biden, Biden now Biden, Biden, there? Biden's yeah. obviously going oh to be the sort God. of person he'd vote for because he hasn't, he hasn't. I don't think he's endorsed Biden, but come on, like, but he's yeah. like, yeah, I can sort of see him voting for someone like Biden over Trump. But yeah. I didn't know that because I think he he must. <laughs> Gary Johnson. Clint voted for Trump last time, didn't he? Uh, did he? I think uh, um, I thought so. I don't. Well, I, I, don't I know, know he's not keen on him now because he, he said he, <laughs> he said he supported Michael Bloomberg. Uh, I bet. I fucking bet. <laughs> Of course he did. Yeah, but then I don't know. I don't, I I wasn't sure if after Bloomberg dropped out, Clint thought that like the rest of the Democratic field were like pussy generation. <laughs> the the nineteen Joe Biden part of the pussy generation. Yeah, yeah, you you know those goddamn hippies with their pussy long hair and so on. Yeah. Like, yeah. How how dare they not thwart a terrorist incident on a Paris train? You know, like yeah. that's the only way you get the respect. Or of the a, a Kenny man. Rogers show. Have you seen oh, R- Richard um, Juliet? I haven't seen Richard Jewell yet. Fire no. film, really, really good, misogynistic. But yeah, fire film. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> well, I have heard about it. Sp- no, it ba- about his depiction of the women journalists. Yeah, in the film. basically, it, it spreads fake news. Basically, like this, this woman. There was this one journalist in it who she's based on a real person. I don't, I can't remember if they actually like, used the name of a real person or whatever. But anyway, she was just one of many journalists absolutely railroading this guy. And what she did was pretty inexcusable excusable but on the other hand they just then did the same thing to her just made up a load of shit about her like fucking fbi agents to get the scoops and stuff which is itself in itself like yeah that just unfounded allegation in the film is totally inexcusable so that is really bad that's the provisio for the <laughs> film which is that like that is just totally unnecessary and she was just part of a wider media rat fucking operation however great film <laughs> no i don't know about great but like i really enjoyed it paul walter hauser is so good in it as richard jewell who was just like this slubby uh wannabe cop who'd been like kick used to be a cop but they kicked me off the force Drive by he is a good man. actor yeah I've, he's I've so seen good him in i Tonya, and he's very yeah he's very good, good in that film. oh nice yeah yeah yeah, 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 I really like that film, the Margot yeah, Robbie, and absolutely. like he's good in Black Klansman as well as one of the, the yes, white yes. Klansmen. Yes, <laughs> terrific. A well, a well constructed film, questionable politics, but still nonetheless well made Spike Lee film, Black Klansman. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like we can't really Spike and Clint have a beef, and I feel like it is. Good. <laughs> it's just pretty reactionary to be slating. 
bike for the politics of his films while picking up yeah. Clint, to be honest. Like, I'm not saying you are, Tom, but if we were to no, be yeah. getting into doing that, Black Klansman oh, yeah. is, you know, it's no probably no worse politically than your average Eastwood flick. Still politically better than yeah. a lot of Clint's output by far. We can, yeah. we can be pretty certain on that. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I, I saw it before I mean, the pretty I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the, the film in full, but I, mean, I saw a clip from one of his films from the late 70s that I kind of want to watch, but I'm guessing, Jack, you've probably seen it because you've seen all of Clint's films. His 1977 film, The Gauntlet. Oh, no, I, I think I might have that on Blu-ray, but I'd be mean to get around to um, that. I was, I was thinking maybe next time you come around to mine when this shit is all blown over, we should watch my remaining Clint Eastwood Blu-rays. <laughs> yes, and we can finally watch Firefox as well, yeah, which finally yeah. arrived. His 80s techno thriller. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the gauntlet, which uh, he plays a cop, obviously, who has to guide a, I believe it's a police informant who's played by his former partner, Sandra Locke, who Clint questionably, well, not questionably, ruined her career. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is well documented. But there's a scene in it when there's these bikers they're in the desert and Sandra Locke and Clint Eastwood's character are kind of hiding behind these kind of rocks in this desert area and these bikers <laughs> are pulled up nearby and Clint thinks there's going to be trouble and he just comes out into a group of these 20 bikers with his gun and badge and he's just like insulting all these bikers calling them like hippie like marijuana smoking like dickheads and stuff it's just like it's just like that you can tell it was one of those scenes where Clint was like right I want to write a scene here where I basically tell it how it is to these goddamn you know because yeah, bikers are obviously, you know, they're they're well known to be easy rider you know, or like the, yeah, the guys yeah. who killed the guy at Altamont or um, yeah. the Hunter Hunter S. Thompson book Hell's Angels or a series of uh, films by Roger Corman. I'm just trying to think of like Hell's Angels kind of, you know, famous <laughs> depictions. What they've or things they've done. Um, so this is Clint's way of saying you're a bunch of jackasses. You smoke too much pot. He, get out of my fucking warehouse! I'll shoot you. He really disapproves <laughs> of drugs, thing? Clint, as we know. Because Alison Eastwood, as we said on our previous Clint episode, Clint's daughter, around the time Clint released the film that we're supposed to be talking about today, The Mule, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll she it. did an interview where she said, yeah, Clint has always been an old-fashioned, he's an old-school guy, you know, he was a bit too old for the hippie era or whatever, he never got into drugs or anything like that, so he's been very against drugs. But, you know, I, I, I thought that was, like, kind of a dumb thing to say, because, like, why <laughs> why do you have to be... Why would you have to be pro-drugs to be, like, playing a guy who, who did... Who, who's selling drugs or whatever like surely it, yeah. Clint's like portraying the folly of <laughs> selling drugs but I guess he does <laughs> tend to play characters he sort of identifies with yeah yeah, yeah. Jose when you drive around this taco wagon you think you'd want to be deported okay culero yeah culero chingadera <laughs> no mami trace chingaderas <laughs> trace maracones no mami <laughs> so the mule his the first mule. starring role since gran torino ah oh, just like it's the closest thing to a sequel man <laughs> it is it is in many yeah. ways uh differences yeah. in this he's a horticulturalist <laughs> um, <laughs> already like yes 
<laughs> he's a horticulturalist who and the film starts 10 years prior to the main events of the film when yeah. he's attending this horticulturalist convention event and he's there instead of being at his daughter's wedding so the film's immediately setting <laughs> oh the, is that the why she never talks to him then yeah, because ah. he, because he, because he'd rather go and you know go to a horticulturist <laughs> event than you know go to his own daughter's wedding. That's so good. <laughs> we talked about on our previous Clint episodes how in his films, his late period films, there is this trope that he's like a deadbeat dad and his family all hate him <laughs> and he's disappointed and hurt all the women in his life. Yeah, and and his excuse in this for why his family need to understand why he did what he did is that I had to go out and earn money for you all. I had to be the breadwinner. I had to go out and do yeah. all that shit. And they're and like so totally And, and like, no oh. analysis of how tragic it is that capitalism forces people to be breadwinners or not. Yeah, well, I mean, Clint is a capitalist. But like, yeah. well, I mean, he didn't write the film. Nick Schenk well, he's did. A, he's a, he wrote Gran Torino. Yeah. Yeah. An Eastwood apparatchik, an Eastwood whisperer. Yeah. Uh, terrific. I, I've got all my notes for this are in our group chat. I've just got a big stream of notes on this fucking thing. My no- my notes are in here. But his fa- um, as I say this, I'm pointing <laughs> at my 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 head, my Your big head. forehead. <laughs> his his family are so forgiving though when he says that he's like, I did it to provide for you. They're like, oh, you know, we'll come and visit you in prison every day. <laughs> <laughs> and this is of course. Uh, by the way, people. Go watch the film before you listen to our review. There will be many, many spoilers. We're basically going to talk about the entire film. Yeah, but so actually, it's if a you factually... It, don't watch it. It's based on true story. So. It is on a New York Times article, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. About an actual 90-year-old drug mule who... Yeah, um, you can't spoil sti- the truth. Are they... <laughs> is, is he like still in prison, the guy it's based on? Or did they uh, lie him out on compassionate grounds? Was he dead? All that. Well, he yeah. was pretty fucking old, man. <laughs> Given it's set about ten years ago or so, and the guy was literally ninety uh, in it. The Sonola Cartel's ninety-year-old drug mule, Leo Sharp, died in twenty sixteen, aged ninety-two. So yeah, he pretty much spent the last days of his life running gear for the cartel. But if the film's anything to go by, he died doing what he loved in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah gardening, growing, that, growing plants. That's beautiful, man. It's such a good film. It's a, it's. And a now he's wild. got a great excuse for why he's not at family events. <laughs> yeah. That that's a real like dude dudes rock moment. You know, it's just like yeah, he, there he is. Just a man's got his hobbies. He's got his gardening. That's all he needs. You can put a man in prison, but you can't crush his spirit because he's a real man's yeah. man. You know, Hollywood <laughs> doesn't make doesn't make these real guys guys anymore. You know, like Clint Eastwood's Woody Allen, like you know, guys who kind of represent a real like epitome of masculinity in its purest form. No, nah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what have you become, Clint Eastwood? What the? F- uh, what I was gonna say was at the very end when he's in court and his lawyer's making a very good case for why they need to show compassionate grounds. You can see in Clint's face where he's like, wait a minute, if I go away for this. My family won't bother me. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Oh, you know what? I didn't even realise that was Diane Wyest as his ex-wife. Because she's really good in the film. You know what she's also really good in? 
various Woody Allen films. <laughs> Sorry to keep shoehorning <sighs> the man in there, but she's fucking excellent in Hannah and Her Sisters, Bullets Over Broadway, The Purple Rose of Cairo, Radio Days, and I actually haven't seen September, but I'm sure she's good in it. Anyway. Have you read his autobiography? By the way, don't worry about it no, being quarter past. Don't worry about it being quarter past. I can speak to my nan a bit later if the recording goes over. So sorry. Oh, that's, um, that's lovely of you, man. Thank you. But I read a Guardian article where they were going through some of the very unsavory extracts from it, where it's basically like you could basically convict him on this book, basically. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Shit. I it's, didn't know um, that. Obviously, yeah. I read the Will Sloan from the Important Cinema Club and Michael and us analysis, but that's about as far as I went with it, I think. Is there an audio book? If he did, if he read it all, if you can get the man himself, like reading it all, like I, I, then I, then I said to, I said to him, uh, why did you condemn me publicly? And he said, oh, Woody, you know, it's nothing personal. I just, uh, oh, you know, I, I ah, what, 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 what was I to do? You know, they were coming down on me like a, like a ton of elephants. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So I, uh, it's been a while since I've busted out the Woody Allen style one-liners. So Clint, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, a Clint man, Eastwood. a man not as problem, a man not as problematic as Woody Allen. Not thankfully. as problematic. <laughs> a man who can still get films made in America. Yeah, a guy who's approaching ninety years old who still makes films about you know quality films, quality quality films like American Sniper. <laughs> well, I, I didn't like that one as much. No, no, admittedly. No. Yeah. Was, I wrote an analysis was, was, of it. That was me being very sarcastic. Yeah, hot, no, hot it's take, what... but my favourite part was the ending when I was like, oh, yeah, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah, he deserved to get shot. Uh, no, actually. You gave I a thought... bunch of people with PTSD guns and, like, no extra help, and you just sort of expect them to be okay. Uh, the, I, see, that's, I like the ending in real life. But I don't think the film did the ending of his life justice because <laughs> A, they don't show it, and then B, there's just like a load of bullshit, like corny flag waving, some fucking Sarah, probably real footage of his funeral or some shit, like the fucking 310 to Yuma, 1316 to Paris, whatever. How, how that, that ends with real footage of Francois Mitterrand presenting the guys with, with, a, with doing a big speech and presenting the guys with the Légion d'Honneur. Francois, Francois Mitterrand? No, sorry, not Fra- uh, Francois. Francois Hollande. The... No, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> sorry. the socialist, late, uh, socialist party president in like, the 80s, wasn't he? Mitterrand was way better than Hollande. A land was like yeah. A land sold out in like half the time. It yeah, he w- he basically said halfway through his term, <laughs> we're stopping the goal of socialism, as if that was the goal in the first place <laughs> with yeah. Francois Hollande. <laughs> yeah, Mitterrand was much better, not but, perfect, but much better. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so like, let, the, mule. the Mule, let's go back to the start of this quality film by Woody Allen. No, uh, Earl, Earl Stone in his 80s is an award-winning horticulturalist and Korean war veteran, just in fact like Walt in Gran Torino. But I guess like... <laughs> Clint's playing the same generation, so it would make sense that he fought in Korea rather than Nam or World War II. He is still on friendly terms with his granddaughter Ginny and attends her wedding. 
But oh yeah, what, like some random some guy. She just happens to have some guy at a funeral who's like connected to the cut. Sorry, not at the funeral at the, <laughs> right. at the, at the, yeah. wedding, at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just some dude there who she knows who's like connected to the cartel. <laughs> He's like, you know, yeah, you when you make know a, a guy who knows a guy who knows the cartel. Hey man. Weddings make everyone crazy. Always some kind of drama. Yeah, you got that right. Looks like you covered some ground in your day. Yeah. 41 states out of 50. Never had a ticket, nothing. Just drive. Never had a problem. This whole truck was great. Got a good record. No tickets, huh? Yeah. Never had one. Never in my life, I never had one. My grandpa was a real road warrior, too. He, he loved to drive. Yeah. Well, let's hear it for Gramps. I I'm Richard. Rico. I'm yeah. a friend of one of Jenny's bridesmaids. Yeah, okay, Rico. My name's Earl. Hey, Earl, you know, if you're really stuck, I know some people who will pay you to just drive. One city to another. Pay me to just drive? What do you get out of it, Slick? All I'm saying is, I have friends looking for cautious drivers. Yeah. You can help your granddaughter. Alrighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, want to make a bit of money. I, I know some people who know some people who know some people times, you know, squared. Like, <laughs> so I'm like looking back at my notes here. He doesn't catch on to it very quickly, does he? God, no. What's really going on? No, it's he's just like, he's supposedly ah, just... quite street smart. And well, no, because you know... he's an old school guy, so he doesn't he doesn't ask questions, you know? He's he assumes me. in good faith. He's just like, yeah. He I... seems to kind of know something is going on, but doesn't want to know anything about exactly. it. Exactly. He's smart enough <laughs> to be like, maybe I don't necessarily want to know. But then it comes to a point <laughs> when he's like, hmm, maybe it would be better if I do want to know. And instantly a cop turns <laughs> up. So he just like starts, <laughs> he just starts acting like fucking Joe Biden. He's like, oh, well, we, why don't you have some corn syrup, sir? You know, I knew a man called Corn Pop in my younger days. Listen here, Jack. Listen here, Jack. I, uh, 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 uh. Oh, he doesn't know. He's confused. Let him, let him carry on on the road. <laughs> Need help, sir? Oh, oh, uh, officer, hi. You need any help? Uh, no, no, I'm fine, thank you. What do you got there? Uh, little pecans. I delivering pecans to my niece. Pecans? Yeah, pecans. She makes the worst pecan pie you've ever tasted. I feel sorry for her husband, but and I feel sorry for the pecans too. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's wrong with him now, but this dog has to pee every 15 minutes. It's okay, sir. I had no idea. I'm sorry. I just, my Dookie, I miss him so it's much. Okay, hey, Dookie, you know, the Dookie, just one of those dogs that everybody loves. Drive safely, sir. Okay. 
Let me go now. Yeah, thank you. Hey, you do a great Jimmy Stewart, by the way. <laughs> this guy's just like, okay, this dude's completely senile. I'll take his fucking corn syrup and he's gonna be like, throw it, throw it in the bin. Do corn syrups go with, does corn syrup go with donuts? Cops probably not interested. Probably. I don't know what. Corn, and he did, he, corn, he, what he, is corn syrup? The dog starts Sweetener. barking. Yeah, so, oh. <laughs> the dog starts barking in the cop's car, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Obviously, because he smells the drugs. And Clint obviously has to act very quickly, so he gets this cream out <laughs> and he looks at his hands. To... What is that? What it's is lubricant he? Benjay or threesomes. Bengay, however you pronounce it. It's a lubricant. Does he... I, yeah, he must have used that later on in the film. Well, he uses it later Twice. on. Two occasions. Times. I assumed it was for his arthritic hands or something. Ah, uh, yeah, that, it could be that. But, you know, you need hands for threesomes. And that yeah, brings yeah. us on. Well, not to necessarily. The next topic. I'm not saying people who like. Well, don't they, have they hands. certainly help. No, yeah. And well, yeah, us, yeah. That's true. That brings <laughs> us on to our next but, case in point no. with the mule, Clint fucks. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he, so he he was 88 fucks. when he made this, and he plays a 90 year old, and he yeah he has not one but two threesomes in the course of this film. Like there's this one point where he starts having sex with this woman, and you're like, this isn't <laughs> right. Where's the other woman? Well, I want to introduce you to somebody. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, hey. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, too. I want you to take good care of Earl tonight, okay? Tuck him in and stay with him. Make him feel good. Of course. Don't hurt yourself, Papa. I won't. Another woman comes in, <laughs> and you're like, okay, right, all is well in the world. This makes sense. Oh, yeah. Hello, Mamma Mia. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, what do we have here? Oh, are you guys having some fun? Yeah. Relaxing a little bit. It was nothing. I think we'd rather have that. Nothing that a little uh, art medicine wouldn't hurt. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. let me grab these lights for you. I need to call a cardiologist, <laughs> Dr. Clark. Clint fucks, even at yeah. 90. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this gives some, probably some indication of uh, one of the things, as well as his penchant for gardening, that may have led to <laughs> his, uh, his his estrangement from Diane Weist's character. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the whole time he's al he's almost surprised by what's happening when the women kind of like he's like, oh, what's uh, yeah, 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 oh, what's yeah. going? He's, he seems so like kind of nonchalant <laughs> yeah i think part of it is just he's like old as fuck now and so he is just slightly like frail he's like oh, oh, oh. um so he's just you can't help but being it's like christopher Plummer in the film remember he's just so likable that even though you're kind of suspecting that he is actually a nazi who just doesn't remember that he was a nazi then you're like oh he's still so like cute you know <laughs> he's so old and frail um but literally his first line in the film is like he's it's just like it's some mexican guy who he's working with on something <laughs> and he's just like hey, you 
hey, how's the beans going with the county? I don't even know what, like, Mexican, you know, it's more, I probably, if I lived in America, I'd be more aware of what the racist things for Mexicans are. But yeah, he just comes out with, I think about, probably about three ethnic slurs and stereotypes packed into one jovial sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching, like, ah, yes, this is definitely the spiritual successor to Gran Torino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's the scene when he's driving on one of his runs to the drop-off point uh, he comes across a young black couple at the side yes! of the road <laughs> <laughs> and for some explicable reason he decides just, just decides to call them what does he what does he say he, he calls say, them negroes it's, it just passed in passing negroes. i think he calls them that yeah like, he says yeah, what's, yeah. A, what's, what's a couple of negroes like you doing out here and yeah like, he says what? i he says like i really like you know i always like to help you you know yeah you such and like, such folk so he he says it as in like oh you know i've always gotten very well with black people i'm <laughs> not a racist yeah, yeah yeah i would have voted for obama three times if i could the clinton <laughs> no clinton obviously didn't vote for obama i'd have voted well, for obama if he was a republican three times well he might have if he was a republican because clinton always said yeah. you know well, I, I like that obama's uh, mixed race you know my wife is mixed race <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, what he, he said, he never had a, a racial objection to Obama. But he's not good at that? terminology. And, and, <laughs> and, and the couple no. obviously are like, uh, what? Uh, when he says, when he says, how are you? Yeah. you know, it's like, oh, okay. And then, and then obviously that scene's supposed to make you go, oh, shame on the young black couple for not understanding he's out of place and out of time. How dare they not? give him a break. I didn't necessarily <laughs> think it was saying that. I thought that basically because they're like, you know, oh, we're called black now or just people. And Clint was just like, oh, okay. So I thought what that was meant to convey was they were fairly reasonable with him and he was He's f- reasonable fairly... to them. So it's still kind of reactionary, but I don't, I don't think it was saying <laughs> it was like giving it to them for like correcting him because his character in the film seemed like absolutely fine with being corrected. Uh, True. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> How you folks doing? Not so good got a flat a flat tire yeah and my husband isn't too handy so <laughs> didn't your daddy teach you how to change a tire no that's why i'm googling it i i don't have any reception yeah well, yeah, well that's the trouble of this generation if you can't open a fruit box without calling the internet <laughs> anyway uh you want a hand i'll give you a hand oh, we'll okay. get the, yeah, we'll get the tire out we'll fix it up yeah. All right. Tires in there. Great. Oh. Okay. So keep going. Okay. Okay. Ah, here we go. Okay. There it is. Ah. Yeah. There we go. Well, it's good helping the Negro folks out. <laughs> Negro, um, sir. We don't say that. Yeah, we <laughs> really? prefer black. Black or, or just people. People. <laughs> yeah, I'm black. You're white. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Okay, let me have, give you a hand. Here, I'll take right. the jack. Okay. You get the tire. All right. Yeah, I think it is just this kind of. He's Let's get rid of the extremism on both sides, guys. Stop the extremism! Yeah. Stop the extremism! 
he's much more liberal than Walt, isn't he? Let's put it that way. Yeah, he's more liberal than Walt, I would say, yeah. Because if you'd have told Walt not to call you a racial epithet, he'd have been like, why don't you fucking stick it up your ass? Uh, And then called you a series of racial epithets. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in this, he's a more open-minded fella. I I think he is a slightly softer gentler character in this than Walt in Gran Torino. Which is what I quite liked. It was nice seeing Clint in a much more laid-back yeah. kind of... Quite funny as well. It's a soft and gentle film. film. Just yeah. driving along, listening to Willie Nelson on the road again. <laughs> Having a great, great time. I thought it was actually much funnier than I was expecting it to be Very as well. funny. And, it, Very inten- funny. and actually intentionally funny as well. Not awkwardly, you know, <laughs> funny. Right. <laughs> I mean, there was awkwardly funny moments in there, but the humour was mostly intentional, which I appreciated and I didn't expect yeah. from the film. We also have the supporting cast. Some pretty good supporting Big cast. Big names. Yeah. Diane Weist, as you've already said. Uh, Bradley Excellent. Cooper. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. Bradley Cooper, like, he's alright in the film, actually. I didn't feel, you know, he wasn't bad. I would have preferred, you know, maybe someone with a little more gravitas, a Nicolas Cage, an Eddie Marson, perhaps, but I realise Eddie is maybe not, nor Nick, maybe not the same kind of box office draw as as Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, he just plays your standard kind of shit-eating FBI, oh, we'll be friendly with you, just tell us what you want, just tell us, you know, kind of, you know... Yeah, t- pretending to be the Fucking kind of the, the the friend of the the of the informant when really they're Fucking just gonna parasitic Fuck cop bastard. <laughs> uh, you know what I enjoyed, but rather like the character Hank in Breaking Bad, which I rewatched a few months ago. Is like, yeah. but, but, but basically he just gets cucked by crime constantly. Like <laughs> Clint, Clint's just constantly like getting one over on Bradley Cooper, and he doesn't even know who Clint is until like really late in the film. They uh, literally meet in a waffle house and Clint's yeah. like, just buggy him off. <laughs> I thought that scene was supposed, it was like channeling the Pacino De Niro scene in Heat where they go to the diner. <laughs> um, I think in that scene, maybe like they appear on camera together once, most of it is just cutting between them. And it's the same, I think, basically in that scene. Like they're not really on camera together until like. Well, I mean, they do, they meet slightly earlier, don't they? When <laughs> Clint's just like, ah, the goddamn, this fucking generation, what are you doing? Everything all right? Yeah, except I'm trying to avoid some big asshole who's going around here banging his cell phone on, on the ice machine down there. I don't know what it is with you guys and your generation. You guys? Jesus, don't you guys live life or something outside the goddamn phone? <laughs> Clint's staying in this hotel and Bradley Cooper and his boys are there scoping the place out and there's this dude who's just like a big dickhead who's just like punching the fucking the soft drinks machine and stuff Uh, and this guy's such an idiot because he's making such a display of him and obviously he's a meth dealer he's got got a load of meth back at his his apartment (laughs) (laughs) and so he completely fucks his own shit up and Clint just gets away but Bradley Cooper like is outside Clint's door and Clint just opens up and he's like god damn what what is it with this generation (laughs) (laughs) there's multiple occasions during the film when he's like god damn generation and just kind of (laughs) complaining about the modern generation and stuff (laughs) 
it's it's great it's I fantastic fucking i really loved where he turns up because he has a nice rapport with the guys who stick the gear in the back of his mouth. yeah yeah and then he turns up one day and it's just all these like cold calculating dickheads and he's like hey where are the boys where are the boys at where where are the boys Uh, where, where are the fellas at and the guy's like, don't you worry about the fellas. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> that, like, where the fellas, one-two punch, is just my favourite line of the whole film. Where, where the boys? Where the, the fellas? Hey, hey, never mind the fellas. And it's just so sad as well, because, like, Paul Kent's really frail, and he's looking around like, where are the boys? Where are the usual guys? Like, he's looking, and, you, and then they're just, like, dragging him along, like, you got to do the next, like, the, the come on, here's the next batch. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. Oh, don't push old Kent around like that. Like, the first time he gets a gun pulled on him the guy's like you better fucking listen to me you're not gonna try pulling any shit and clint's just like hey i fucking fought in korea you think you're intimidating me with that thing fuck you (laughs) (laughs) he literally doesn't care that this like cartel guy has got a gun on him you do as you're told take the route i say no unauthorized roads no unexpected stops my schedule my timetable is that clear you sure you're mexican you're playing like you're the Führer or something like that. Uh-huh. Yes, see me your papers yeah. at the border. Yes. I'll show you my papers. Here are my papers. Don't underestimate how seriously I take my work, Mr. Stone. I've been in combat before. I'm not intimidated by you, Mucoso. Although I think later on he does get a bit shook. Although it seemed to me when they take him out into the woods and show him the dead body, and they're like, mm. yeah, we're going to fucking kill you if you don't play along. He does seem really shook, but I thought yeah, part, yeah. part of it was just that he was hurt, but his handler said, we're not friends. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I thought that he was my new, you know, the, the, the fella, you know, <laughs> my, my fella. Obviously, that means my boyfriend, but not I don't mean it like that. You know, my, my he developed a meaningful friendship. I thought we had a strong heterosexual bond. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we developed a kind of thunderbolt and lightfoot understanding. Yeah, I mean this film really, like I said, it does it shouts out the fellas a lot. It pays really pays tribute to fellas everywhere. Like because the VFW, Clint's talking about yeah. the VFW. He's like, God damn, we're not gonna have any more meat raffles, and he just licks up all these fucking like ridiculous, archaic sounding shit that they do. They're like, oh, bingo nights or whatever. And then, <laughs> Unfortunately, the insurance company's jerking us around, and we might not see any money for years. Yeah. Well, I've been coming here since 58. This place is like an institution. I don't know what the hell the vets are going to do. I don't know. Sunday night poker parties. No more meat raffles. What the hell? Pretty soon it'll be no more VFW. Yeah, I guess so. Well... That is, unless, uh, unless somebody's got an extra 25k laying around. And then, obviously, he uses all his drug money to keep the VFW going. Of course. That's their Veterans Association for for British people. Doing his bit for the community by, you know, trafficking drugs. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. (laughs) 
Well, it's very much like there's a bit in Gapes in Vegas where Richard Miller's <laughs> like, what are milk bars, Mike? They don't have milk bars anywhere. And Mike's like, they do in Ilford. And Miller's like, well, that, Mike, that's because you built them all. And Miller's like, I was putting the community... Sorry, Mike's like, I was putting the community first. And Miller says... But Mike, you're the only person who drinks in them. And Mike says, I am the community! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's our Mike Gapes name drop for the episode. Milk. There's so much of his. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that his, you've, the first threesome that Clint has, you actually see it from a point of view of his handler spying on him. His handler's <laughs> just there. Um, fucking, like, Norman Bates style, like, you know, what? Watch it. Or, like, I guess, charitably, Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. Like, watching this motherfucker have a threesome <laughs> through the window. Clint's gets, pretty lax about curtains apparently (laughs) his handler is getting progressively more frustrated with him he's just like for fuck's sake why does this guy keep stopping and just like eating like pulled pork sandwiches or having threesomes (laughs) (laughs) man's gotta do what a man's gotta do Clint is just like you know guys you gotta sometimes you gotta stop and smell the roses and then eventually they're just like maybe you stop and smell the roses too often (laughs) <laughs> How lucky can one guy be? I kiss her and she kiss me. I can tell her what's it. Ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged me back. Like the sailor said, Oh, and in the hole, in the hole. My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep again. So we got a Kent checklist. Number one, his family hate him. Damn right. Number two, there's a jazz soundtrack. Oh yeah. Kind of a jazz soundtrack in Bit there. Bit of country as well. Bit of country in there as well. Number three in terms of Clintisms. Sick and tired of the snowflake generation. Oh, yeah. What else is in there? For the I, I think actually, when he meets the black family, he, he says, because they've like, <laughs> fu- they fucked up their car. The guy's but, on his phone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Clint's like, it's goddamn generation. You can't fucking, you can't walk out the door without checking your phone how to do it. So he like airs them out for being part of a pussy generation, but not for being black. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the tropes. So eventual reconciliation with his family is kind of one, I guess. They often... I mean, not really... It doesn't really happen in Gran Torino. They still kind of think he's a dick when he dies in Gran Torino. And to, and to be fair, they're all assholes anyway. Yeah, but fuck in, in this, In this one, there's a bit more kind of a reason to have a reconciliation, you know? Yeah, yeah, because he does completely blow off the cartel and, like, fuck up their whole operation purely to, Make like, amends with his ex-wife. Yeah, basically yeah. care for his wife until she dies, which, unfortunately doesn't take that long it's like a couple of weeks isn't it mm. and also yeah. his daughter in the film is actually played by his uh, real life daughter Alison Eastwood yeah 
so yeah you know hopefully he didn't miss her wedding in real life god forbid there's this funny <laughs> no hopefully not it's based on a true story <laughs> uh. no i think clint in real life does does make time for for the finer things like but, but, but basically well, have you have you read his interview with his son scott eastwood scott eastwood yeah yeah of course well that's very that's funny interview very funny very that's where the famous snowflake generation quote comes from but there's this very very on the nose bit which is where he reconciles with his wife on her deathbed and he's sick with her caring for her and his daughter's just like standing in the doorway and you can see like literally like on the, she's just conveying like oh I, I actually think he's not so bad after all <laughs> just like from <laughs> her being in the background standing yeah, Miss Stanley, in the doorway I don't know, standing in the doorway, didn't John Wayne famously stand in a doorway in The Searchers? The Searchers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know what relevance that has to her standing in that particular doorway. Uh, I also sent you guys a message <laughs> saying, his daughter's husband looks like fucking Macron. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a good point, to be fair. <laughs> so, 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 right, towards the end, okay, I keep almost calling the character Walt. Earl is driving along and he's all fucking covered in blood and it's implied that he actually shit did get pretty real with the cartel (laughs) they didn't decide to spare his life ultimately and he had to brutally murder like what were there like three guys or something yeah two or three at least (laughs) and managed to get away and it's only then after he's like killed those cartel guys but the cops are like, ah, oh, there he is, and they catch him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the big sequence on the freeway when the helicopter and Roddy Cooper and the rest of them are coming in. And, and I was and just, just so like, confused, because that cool. happens off screen, right? Yeah. He just sh- he appears with blood, and I'm like, okay, a 90-year-old yeah. man just killed some people off screen, that's fine. Yeah. It is <laughs> really confusing. I wondered about the choice because it's kind of an audacious thing just to have like an implied action sequence. But it as can one be... of the only action sequences in the whole movie as well. <laughs> yeah, it can be kind of confusing. It looks almost like did they just like beat him up and let him go? But then I don't know. That wouldn't really yeah. make sense. I think your interp- your first interpretation is probably the right one. Yeah. That he just killed a load of people, yeah. Somehow, uh, yeah. This is what it says on Wikipedia. Uh, what? The cartel underboss allows him to continue, with the caveat that if anything goes wrong, it will be on the enforcer's heads. Earl continues towards the drop point, but the DEA agents finally catch up to him and arrest him. Well, then why the That's fuck is he covered in blood? Yeah. Where does the blood come from, Wikipedia? Well, just let you go, but first we gotta drop some pig's blood on you for a carry type situation. I, yeah. I, I assume that that blood may have been from when, when they allowed him to carry on the run. They may have smacked him up a bit, you know, when they've got him kind of in the. I don't know. Would they do that? He's like ninety, wouldn't they? If they're letting him (laughs) go, would they like really want to just beat the shit out of him? Because yeah, he did look a bit wounded. But what I assumed was, oh god, surely they'd show. I mean, oh. It's an imperfect film. We can agree on that. (laughs) Well. I don't know if we can. No, I think maybe, maybe not perfect. But it's pretty fucking great, man. I really like this. For me, it's this is a pure like auteur and star. Both of those things in the dying days of their career. No, mm. that sounds like their fucking careers going downhill. I mean, in in their twilight years, putting out a <laughs> yeah. real kind of something that really sums up a lot of the themes 
a lot of the tropes, a lot of the uh, textures, <laughs> and, you know, it's the various the, aspects prob- of their work. It's probably the most reflective you'll get from Clint in his late career when he's in the film, I think. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Apparently Ruben Fleischer was going to direct the film. That guy... The, the director of Gangster Squad. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, well, Zombieland. Thing is, I, I mean, I... Mm, I think I've seen Zombieland and it wasn't bad, but that's Zombieland's alright, yeah. There's that's a fun. sequel yeah. to that, is that any good? No. 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 <laughs> oh, he did Venom. But anyway, that guy is no Eastwood, I'll tell you that. Oh my god, he directed Venom. There's an amazing sorry before I give my <laughs> final thoughts on the incredible masterpiece that is the mule. With Venom, there was this announcement where they were announcing Tom Hardy as playing Venom. And it's at one of those big conventions where loads of comic book people come together. And it's like a live stream. And Ruben, what's his name? Ruben Fleischer. Ruben Fleischer is like, hey guys, we're here to announce the new film, Venom with Tom Hardy. And the way the whole thing's edited, it's edited as if I've edited it to be funny. (laughs) It's the most awkward, weird thing I've ever seen. Send me that. I will try and find it. It's going to be way back in my likes. I will try and find it, but it's the funniest thing I've seen in terms of awkward editing from a major film studio promoting the film. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Tom Hardy's there, just like, obviously, just like, yeah, big paycheck, takes out a shirt with Venom on, like, (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's so awkward your director's leaning on you to bring some comedic moments that we haven't exactly seen you do before you mean I'm not funny I think you're extremely funny I just haven't seen it on camera okay. often well, thanks for that bud alright we laughed well you know you laid it out there so I'll go ahead and say this you're not I, funny oh, <laughs> you are very funny thank but you just know when you're trying to be alright bud <laughs> I've never seen you in movies be funny Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean no, your characters aren't funny. That's okay, buddy. That's cool. <laughs> I can't believe this. All right. In January 2019, John Mulaney and Pete Buttigieg Davidson appeared in the segment <laughs> Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live to review The Mule. They joked about the absurdities of the plot and the fact that it includes multiple scenes of three ways with Eastwood, a 90-year-old man with women in their 20s. Fuck you. Jealous. <laughs> just have just like you guys you know you may be living it up in your saturday night live prime right now but when you're 90 <laughs> if you even get to 90 clint is a superhuman man you are not. Hey, let's be honest he's gonna live till he's 100 his mum is giving him good genes yeah, yeah, yeah wait clint's mum how old did she live to she was like well over 100 i think nice Fair. How 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 over? 150? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, Clint Eastwood m- Mummy. Um, <laughs> Her name was Ruth Wood. Oh no, she died aged 97. Still um, not too bad. So, a very good run. You know, she passed away in 2006. So, you know, she's, you know, I think Clint's Jesus. pretty good, you know. <laughs> That's, that came out two years before what was going to be his final film appearance, but we now have the mule and we can be very grateful for it. 1980 shovel head. I ran one of those things into the ground. It'll probably be the relay, son. Who you call them, son? Oh, your gals, son. Gals? Come on, old timer. We're dykes on bikes. 
No shit. <laughs> okay, well. So, you think that's the issue, the relay? It's a good early check. That'll be the relay. Thanks, Pops. Welcome, Dags. And you know what? You should watch the mule. It's not entirely politically correct, per se. Oh, no. <laughs> it's got its The dykes on bikes scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, again, man. He, he, I forgot he, about that But scene. it's not mean-spirited, I guess. No, yeah. no it's, it's, it's not. It's, kind of, it's politically yeah. incorrect, but it's not like him having any animosity with, with, with the, the lesbian motorcycle enthusiasts. <laughs> like, basically... Yeah, there's, there's an understanding. There's an understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a camaraderie. I do, and, I, yeah, I it, do think they are like... And, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not yet, exactly. It, it, but you've got to expect that from a, a filmmaker like in Eastwood. It shows them, if anything. It's fisted but it's not mean-spirited. It shows them being tolerant of him. Because yeah. he, he's, yeah. he's like giving them advice when they probably like know fucking motorbikes just as well or better than him, you know. Admittedly, he does seem to have the facts, but like but that's because he, you know, he's a guy's <laughs> guy, so he is gonna know that stuff. But the film kind of says, "Well, look, they do as well," and they just kind of laugh it off, like, "Yeah, thanks, Granddad. We know." Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend the meal. Check it out, folks. I it's like it's it's a night. It's a nice. You don't get it from many films like that from stars of Clint, Clint Eastwood's nice. calibre. You know, it's it, very uh, nice. For, for a film, for a tense filler about drug running, yeah. I, I, I found it pleasantly enjoyable. It's a film and, about and family. And funny in places. And it, it's yes, a it film about family values, obviously. It's a film about appreciating nature, loving flowers... Uh, that's come on, like it's, it, it can't be, it can't be like such as like nasty macho film if like it's just partly about just like loving flowers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, At the end of the and, day, he ends up in prison, but he gets to do what he loves the most, and that's cultivate. Yeah, it's about you having corner. having passions. <laughs> having passions but learning to like reconcile those passions with your family, and, and maybe not putting flowers and plants over your family oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah okay yeah that's true but i would say that yeah as well as flowers family is definitely a big emphasis of the film oh there we go okay oh no okay no maybe not uh fucking hell okay well these two these two assholes fucking okay they had actually seen the mule it was the other guys on saturday night live at that point who said they hadn't seen it so maybe I won't... God, this article is endless. How the fuck do you get so many words out of just some, like, piece of shit Saturday Night Live bit? And that's the thing. This is coming from two writers on Saturday Night Live. Their their opinion doesn't matter. There has yeah. not been anything fully on Saturday Night Live for a very long time. No. Fucking fart in the wind. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for Mule, uh, really good. I'm trying to think, does anything else good happen in it? Any kind of fire shit you know anything that's like pure it's fucking clint eastwood guys folks listening it's clint eastwood yeah (laughs) sorry more things it's about it's a film about fucking about driving you know along the vast open highways of america 
taking in your surroundings. It's watching it's out film, for cops. Watching out for cops, exactly. It's a film about pissing off, evading the police. I mean, come on, that's such an. Honorable. That's always fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what? That's such a good value. Just like, come on, <laughs> just don't let them catch up with you, and it will make them mad. And the timely message that sometimes drug running does lead to good things for the community. Yeah, like community spaces for the elderly. Yeah. Oh, I will say again. So, like, actually. Again, I'm going to, like, for the second time since we mentioned Woody Allen earlier, I, I'm going to cite Will Sloan of the Important Cinema Club and Michael and Us. Basically, he said on Michael and Us when he listed The Mule as one of, I think, maybe either his top films of that year or of the decade, but The Mule... I did the see mule, The Mule appeared in, yeah, yeah. The Mule actually has a more progressive and honest depiction of race in it, in it, all its diversity than I think his example was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs by the Coen brothers which has been widely criticised for its treatment of Native Americans that's by a kind of like liberal filmmakers and I kind of agree I was just thinking when we were talking about the actors I don't think we mentioned Michael Peña's in it who is a good Hispanic American actor so you've got three main cops and admittedly all of them are played by men but there's Lawrence Fishburne a black man there's Bradley Cooper, a white man, and Michael Peña, a Hispanic man. So at least you've got, as well as all the, I thought, fairly like well-rounded characters in a lot of ways in the cartels and stuff. And yeah. just in the film generally, it does show America in all its racial diversity, which is something that... You would not expect from a Clint Eastwood film. You, you wouldn't expect from a liberal director, beloved of the liberal elite, such as Woody Allen. I mean, <laughs> Woody's not beloved of the liberal elites anymore. It's far from the days of him and Dershowitz and Epstein and uh, Bill Clinton at their dinner parties, you know, at flying the, the Leiter Express. The popularised phrase you coined, pure Epstein hell. <laughs> when did I... Was that for one of your videos that I said it was pure Epstein hell? <laughs> yeah, basically the video I produced for the new account. Sorry, the not the new account, the completely separate account that's no way affiliated to real politics that I will not international division, yeah. When I took the clip from the, the Invisible Singer or the, whatever it was called, uh, the, the, that trash TV show where it turned out to be the former Shadow Home Secretary Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson. That was singing, pure Epstein singing hell. Singing like an Egyptian by the Bangles. Yeah. That was what <laughs> adequately, and then just an audience just applauding like, oh, isn't it amazing? We have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. But it's amazing that you know. Fucking like Rita Ora, like yeah, <laughs> Alan Johnson. <laughs> Alan. Yeah. And you quite accurately described that whole clip, the original clip and the edited version I did, as being pure Epstein hell. Pure Epstein <laughs> hell, man. Pure, pure, pure. I'm slowly exiting my vehicle. How you doing? I'm not a threat, sir. Please don't shoot right. me. Please don't shoot me. Don't worry I about it. Relax, relax. Put your hands my on hands the hood. My hands are on the vehicle. Great. You don't have any weapons on you, do you, man? No, sir, no weapons. Right. I'm very tense right now. Do you have any drugs in the car? No drugs. Not high, don't have any drugs, never had any drugs. Okay. All right. You know, statistically speaking, this is the most dangerous five minutes of my life. I'm being pulled over by law enforcement. It's okay. Take it easy. Just breathe. You want me to breathe? You want me to relax? 
the chances of me dying during a routine traffic stop are greater than, than I don't even know. I mean, it's the most dangerous five minutes of my life, man, being pulled over by law enforcement. Mamá, respira, man, por favor, respira. I don't speak Spanish. I, I have no threat. That's you. Mars, please. Okay. Sorry to inconvenience you. Have a good day, sir. Thank you for your service, officer. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day. What were we saying regarding Clint just a second before that? And, and like, oh, we were talking about like the race of the film. There is one like pretty excellent scene I thought in like an in terms of an honest depiction of race in America, which is where this Hispanic American guy in a car matching that of a suspect gets pulled over by Bradley Cooper's FBI oh, yeah. guys, and he is just terrified. He's not in the cartel. He doesn't have a gun or drugs or anything. He doesn't fucking speak Spanish. He's just yeah. like. <laughs> shitting himself he's like no no please yeah. please 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 yeah michael pena the most dangerous five story. minutes of my life or... yeah exactly he's like oh i'm absolutely shitting myself yeah. i really don't yeah. want to be hit by says, a cop yeah he says statistically this is going to be the five most dangerous minutes of my life and it's just it's just he's uh, so scared yeah so yeah it surprised me in those uh, aspects as well yeah as you said Again? as far as racial politics in clint films go this is probably the best a like, bit ham ham-fisted good. but made with yeah. Good intentions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I've got to shoot in a minute, guys. But um... okay. Can I just do a couple of stray lines? I noted down. There's this bit where the cartel boss, obviously, he knows Clint's the boy. He like meets this guy, and he's like, "This guy's fucking legend." And oh, then, oh, what played by Andy Garcia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy <laughs> Garcia. He's like, he's absolutely telling the lower level cartel guys to like lay off Clint and give him some space. He's like, don't hurt yourself, Papa, when he sends him off with a couple of his voluptuous women. <laughs> and Clint's just like, I won't. <laughs> and, and then after he's engaged in the threesome, we can assume, he goes out to the pool where one of the handlers is there. And there's this really awkward scene when he just sits down yeah. and goes, you should get out of this shit. Yeah, and then the guy's like, "What are you talking about? I can't get out of this. Like, I'm I'm in too deep now. Like, I'm they're basically like family." <laughs> And, but and, then, is... and then Ken's just like, oh, I forget what I said. And then he just walks off back to his room. Yeah, yeah, because the guy gets angry at him and Clint's just like, oh, fuck this. I can't be asked. Not, I can't be asked to get in an argument. Um, but basically, Clint is kind of vindicated in that because this guy's like, this is my family. These people, we mean everything to each other. And then just like a couple of days later, there's like a, well, a few scenes later, there's like a violent coup where Andy Garcia gets brutally murdered by, like, just some absolute meathead who's part of a cartel. And then that guy takes over. He's like, this is mine. It's my turn now. He was getting too lenient, and that's when they start being really mean to Clint. Uh, I like when Clint is just, like, talking to the cop who pulls him over, and he's just like, I'm very big on law enforcement. Very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> After yeah. giving them all that popcorn to stay away from his handlers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what caramelized corn is? Yeah, just caramel popcorn. Oh, yeah, no, that is really nice. No, that's cool. I would, I would like some of that. I'm sure cops like that. They're <laughs> just right. like ho it goes hollowing well donuts, out. Sure. They're hollowing out donuts and filling it with pieces <laughs> of popcorn. The meal, ham-fisted in places. Not perfect, but a nice bit of late career Eastwood that you should check out. A good-hearted film. Absolutely. Uh, a, here, here. 
what what is it people say on Twitter like when something's nice? Uh, like a wholesome, a wholesome film, a wholesome film, like the latest wholesome picture, a a tweetastic. No, it's not tweet picture from Clint Eastwood. Wonderful from one of the masters of American cinema. Anyway, chaps, I will let you do your last bits and conclusions, and I will get this file sent over to you, sir, and we will record again soon. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Tom. Talk to you later. In a bit, man. We'll do like a casual video call soon if you want. So I'll yeah, that'll be yeah, good. Absolutely. Just chill, chill and chat. We'll, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll do a video call so we can all see each other or whatever. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah, if you I'll have, figure out my webcam as well. <laughs> if, if you if you can't use your webcam, you can just get it on your phone or your or something and just use. True. Your, yeah. Whatever's easiest, man. But yeah. Anyway, guys, I'll speak to you soon. That's cool. Yeah. I'll see you take later. Care. Pleasure. Take care, guys. Peace, love. Peace. Solidarity. Right. So, I guess you've been listening to Real Politic, everybody, with me and Yair on the mule. Yair, do you have... And, and of course, Tom. Yair, do you have any concluding thoughts on this? Great film. If you don't like it, it's just because you don't think that you'll be getting threesomes at 90. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's just the politics of envy. You know, <laughs> all the negative reviews of this actually quite well received film. <laughs> okay, yeah, let, let's reconvene bit, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, see you later, real politic listeners. Don't let the old man hear. I won't live me some more. And leave it up to him He's knocking on my door And I knew all of my life That someday it would end Get up and go outside Don't let the old man It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.